0: Yes, I, it has come to my attention that the, I've been hearing the word old people and I wanted to perhaps clarify how that word, what it sounds like when you say it to someone and what is your intention and what do you mean by it. I guess you would go, oh yeah, right. Well, it, it has a meaning. And it's really in the way that it's spoken of. When you talk about, when you say to someone, oh, well, there's old people here in this community. And I had that experience recently. Um, I was in Whangamata and they said, and um, my tāne actually said to me, oh, there's a lot of old people here. And I said, what do you mean?
1: Mm.
0: What do you actually mean is that old people... You know, and everyone goes well. Don't you get that? That means that there's people over, over what? Over 60, over 70, over 80. I really like that kind of clarity, because in my, my cultural mind, um, I'm thinking of elderly, the older generation, or rangatira, and I have a, a, a perhaps a different image. ...of what that embodies for me as a meaning. Um, and then at that moment... ...when he was describing to me the community of Whangomata... ...I I saw this uh, person walking by... ...and uh, yeah, they, they seemed... Um, ...I was like quite shocked really... ...because they were walking on the footpath... ...but it wasn't a steady walk... ...and I was going, is that what you mean? I, I pointed to and I said... ...is that what you're talking about... And he said, yeah. And I went, oh, oh, okay. Um, it was just understanding how we use the word old person and its relevance too in the, the past two years because it has become up, uh, it has come up as a subject matter. Uh, we refer to them as the vulnerable.
1: Yeah, for, with COVID. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
0: immediately you get this impression, oh, they're vulnerable. Well, are they? Are they really? <laughs> we've all been vulnerable. I'd like to claim that every sector of our human family, whether it's a newborn or an older person towards uh, in the 100, we've all been vulnerable in some form or another in terms of our holistic health. Uh, we've been exposed to an unusual situation, and so, yeah, that word old, is it referring to a physical matter or uh, um, are you referring to someone over the... Well, how would you define it? Is it? Are you, are you the gold carter?
1: <laughs> it's, I actually feel like it's vague. I think it would have ah, different meanings right. to different people and depending on your age, if you ask a child what an old person is, they could be somebody over 30. Right.
0: Exactly. Yeah. and I And I find that word old... Has other connotations, which mm. perhaps are not so favourable mm. to the group that you're speaking about or the person you're referring to.
1: Because if you said to a thirty-year-old 30 year that they were old, they'd be they'd be shocked <laughs> and offended, most likely.
0: Well, I think even a gold. A person who holds a gold card should be offended because it's it's giving them a place and time where, in their emotional body and social body, they feel very young and they're their activities are even more than a young person would engage in. So think. just be careful when you use the word old in reference to age. It uh, defines someone uh, to, a, to a particular group or, or the way that you see them physically. Um, my experience has shown me that the, the rangatira of our community, those who are older and been around for a lot longer – have many qualities that can contribute to our community, but we separate them out.
1: Would rangatira translate closer to elder than old people?
0: Yes, yes, absolutely. Rangatira, although it has been used very specifically, uh, wahine rangatira or rangatira is not as gender neutral. Also the word rangatira yeah so it's not male or female yeah and but it has been used usually used in more recent times to refer to elders of the male gender which is oh, a okay. problematic right <laughs> so this is
1: within the maori speaking world
0: yes 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 rangatira is is gender neutral which means it's not male or female or or other mm. it, it refers to um a group uh, who you a respected group and who are older mm. and i'm not going to define that in an age um, because as you said you know uh, a five-year-old would look at a 30-year-old and perhaps go oh yeah she's pretty old yeah <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it it's, it's it just makes me it, <clears throat> on, on reflection we have the word elder in english but we don't use it.
0: No, we don't use not, it.
1: Not within our culture. We talk about the elders of the Native American tribes and things like that. We don't talk about it in our in our place, our well, our culture, Western culture.
0: No, it's been really interesting navigating the last two years globally and, and not hearing that word, but we have referred to the older generation as vulnerable, mm. and but they're not our elders. And I think you're missing a whole link there with who they really are and their their capacity to to have uh, a certain, um, be an integral part of who we are as a community. When you separate out like that, you're actually placing them into a statistics, which is, yeah, a little bit unreal.
1: Do you think um, this older generation also be- believes the, you could almost refer to it as, a, let's think of it as a propaganda term. So we don't use elder, we use old people. And it has negative, more negative connotations than elder and it lacks the respect that you get yeah. by using the word elder. Um, it, I think maybe perhaps older people in our culture, some of them or a lot of them maybe have internalised that perspective themselves. Yes. They don't see themselves as, as in that way either.
0: Um, you know, you can associate it with retiring too. Mm. Retired, I'm retired now. Um, And that has a whole message behind it as well, saying, oh, right, you know, less, you're doing less, or you're at home. It doesn't mean that at all. It just means that you're no longer employed within a particular system um, because they threw you out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) They may well have, yes.
0: Or or, or they've they've considered you to be past your use by date. You know, I mean, I'm really... Getting down to how we really Our perceptions and the way we Use this language And I would like us to refer and to See us use the word elder And rangatira Mm. So we understand who's um, Them in a different way Uh, Us, us them
1: (laughs) (laughs) How do you Categorize yourself (laughs) Draw the line and stand One side please
0: (laughs) No (laughs) I'm, I'm working on that one um, but you
1: don't. You've never. I don't think you've. Well, not for a long time. Have you had a job that's a forty-hour-a-week job, <laughs> and then so uh, like that? People people will notice that you go from your forty-hour or more a week to suddenly retired. That's a big change, but but you are just living your life, and I know you're involved with dramatic uh, events and not dramatic. That makes it sound like a bomb landed, <laughs> drama, theatre, and and all sorts of stuff. Yes, and, and yes, and teaching and. And you're running your own life and you just will keep running your own life.
0: I hope so. Um, it may seem to be a privilege, but it's also important to uh, that sovereignty that I hold is being is I have chosen to do so to do those things. I could also choose to um, use the um, qualifications I have in terms of going back into a system and being on a salary. But that's not gonna happen. You're not into that (laughs) anymore? (laughs) So yes, yes. So it it gives me the ability to think more about what the hours of the day look like and the possibilities and the creative part of that lifestyle.
1: You use the term sovereignty there. Tell us more about how you use that, what that means?
0: So is... Because it's on a personal level. Yes, it's, yeah. it's for me, has been to uh, be the owner of my own decisions and, and thoughts and, and towards um, different ways of living out each day or uh, life, life itself. And so as I strengthen that, that commitment to how I want to do that within the context of a community, hapuri then I can use my pukinga, my skills to be part of other initiatives that happen within the community in a genuine way and with much more commitment they're not just I'm doing that after work or Mm. you know I'm fitting that in no it's actually a lifestyle sovereignty is a particular way of thinking and uh, you know um, I'm shortly going to be part of two quite large interviews for Masters that I want to talk more about the last two years of how that sovereignty has unfolded for me within this global pandemic and and how I've taken ownership of my completely of the way that I've approached my whole order my own well-being
1: <clears throat> I think it, uh, the conversations caused me to reflect too that the people who do retire with a hard retirement they in fact um, they're an, an essential part of the economy because they 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 they've, they've still got lots of energy and they go and do volunteer work and in actual fact there's many many organizations reliant on that age group and I, I don't think and it, it and the way it can they calculate economic value, they don't appear often, the same as, as stay-at-home parents. They kind of don't appear in our economy officially, but nonetheless essential to keep the country going.
0: Yeah, it might be also pressure on that sector of our community, our harputi, to be involved, you know, a pressure. Right. So uh, to to be able to say, well, I'm involved, I'm a volunteer, you know, I'm a kayafina." afina. That also, um, in my mind, is where sovereignty is, is beyond that, where you participate in in your field with other group, community groups, um, as a way of a, it's the, the gift economy. Mm. The gift economy, which is where you're giving your time it's not really volunteering, it's you You actually je- you have this amazing capacity that you have learnt over life's journeys and that you want to now put it within a certain community groups and, and you offer your time, energy, thinking, your thoughts, your food, many things that you have available to you, you, you want to continue to share those within mm. that you know mm. we have those organisations that have that um, those understandings you know time banking yeah um, the community garden although I'm not involved in that directly so I don't know what the age group would be but it would be interesting to scan all of our groups and see what the the groupings are Yeah. predominantly
1: I think sometimes I can't speak with 100% certainty, but I think sometimes there are, there's a wide range and there might be um, uh, older people. Oh, there we go. <laughs> there might be elders. It's, the bad, it's a habit, isn't it? Uh, there, might, there might be elders and there might also be um, parents with young children as well.
0: Yes, yes, you know? of course. And I think that's a very important part. Uh, for a community to be sustainable, you must have all different aspects drawn into it. Mm um when you become quite exclusive in terms of age grouping you know this is for 12 year olds or or certain age groupings like that i think you fall into into traps that you don't know yourself which are around that's um that's not normal that's not normal groupings mm, you know yeah. it's just suits the sport or or um yeah i've used the word normal <laughs> Uh, But, you know, it's important to have that expanded understanding, oh, we need the elders and we need the young people so we can see, um, depending on the type of community activity as well. Yeah. 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 And the roles. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, Did you have more you wanted to say about that or do you want to talk about uh, the next
0: Yes, I wanted to to remind us of this time of the year being Tengahuru, where the the birds lose their feathers. So we talked about this last time, didn't we? Yes. uh, I just wanted to remind us of that and painga Fafa. I I wasn't sure if I'd read about that. I don't
1: remember, but my memory's not a very good guide for anything. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just go. Okay, I want to
0: read the the Maori and then the English regarding uh, this time of the year. And it says, E puawai ana te maire tawake. E tipu ana... Te harore, ki ronga, ki ngā rākau, i ngā Ka heke hoki, ngā weta. Kei te kohikohia, ngā kumara, ki ngā taha, o ngā māra, mau ki ngā, ngā pātaka, me ngā hāpuke. He iti noa te kaha o tamanui Ahua Kopeke a and that unfolds in English as the swamp mode uh, is now in flower and I'll be honest with you, I've never actually seen it in physically, so I'm just I've seen pictures and I'm going, Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> Turkey tails, uh, which is referring to the hard which is a type of mushroom. Type of fungi, okay. fungi uh, growing in damp places, and the wetters begin to lay their eggs, and the kumara is stacked on the side of the māra ready to uh, go into storage at this time, and of course the daylight is shorter, so tamanui is less present in terms of time, and the earth is becoming much colder. So just to um, remind us of the special nature of this time of the year on this side of this hemisphere, the southern hemisphere, so as the northern hemisphere is coming into te kohanga, spring, so they're enjoying perhaps the heat of the sun, tamanui te rā, we are are harnessing it more and more and going... (gasps) Where is he? <laughs> <laughs> wanting more. Yeah, I wanted to um perhaps talk just briefly. Have we got how oh, ma- yeah,
1: No we've got plenty of time. Plenty of time.
0: Um about the Nico. Yeah. So the Nico, so I'm gonna have a go at pronouncing its uh, Latin name. Oh yeah. Rapal Los Stylis Sapida.
1: Well I don't speak Latin, so I reckon that's pretty good for
0: you. <laughs> And it's there's only two native palms the others are introduced so a great number of the palms in aotearoa like round for instance the, the oh here yeah
1: right. i know just looking at some right behind they're, yeah.
0: they're non native
1: yeah the phoenix palm en- clearly they're not yeah.
0: endemic they're not from here they didn't they weren't originally here when we were a a larger landmass and i say that because the niko, when you come across a niko grove, you feel a, a real, um, I know myself and I've been walking in those areas where they, of course, they grow in, in groves. You know, they don't grow as a lone um, palm. Yeah. They're, they're, they've got quite an energy to them, a moody. About the nico, and as i 've observed over the years, the way they grow they 've certainly captured the eyes of many artists yeah who 've yes. chosen to use them in photography in their in their work because of their sheer beauty really
1: the the architect Ian Athfield used them for a prominent building in wellington i can 't remember which one but okay. the, col- the columns outside had the nico palm feature, not the actual tree because that wouldn 't be structurally sound but but yeah, he des- used it as the basis for the design of the top of the column,
0: right? And yeah, yeah and they have such a lot of as they change and flower. They're extraordinary, the way they do so. Um, so, but I've just um, the I wanted to talk just briefly about the the inner pith, which is around the bulb, the bulbous part, which is below the leaves.
1: Yep,
0: has a mild laxative quality. Now I've never actually gathered it, but I'm just saying that that is a fact. It does, <laughs> <laughs> because it'd be quite challenging to get up there and and actually, well, I literally destroy, I would say, the nico yeah. to obtain this um, this rongoa. Um, an infusion of this was taken to ease childbirth, so it eased the uh, the pelvic uh, muscles to to ease for easy easier childbirth yeah um and an infusion was also used uh, to treat diarrhea but um i say you know continue to if you are choosing to to landscape consider the niko as as a plant that you would you would grow it'll have a long life and um I can see now that it's also being integrated with things like, in terms of landscaping, uh, because it's a deep, deep forest plant, is to uh, palm Um, the banana. You can see them with the banana. I'm not sure of the relationship permaculture-wise, but I know I've seen it and it's really quite beautiful to see the Neko being um, planted again.
1: Yeah, and it's quite an iconic plant and quite... Unique oh, absolutely. I, feel, I feel like there isn't something like it out anywhere else in the world mm. just the, the way it grows obviously lots of palms like the Phoenix palms we've got here in, in the main street but
0: yeah <laughs> they're they're, every, they're
1: similar to a coconut the same way the fronds come out, but the nico is different
0: yeah, and they do have to clean these up quite quickly when they the branches because they're, they're quite spiky
1: yeah, and you actually don't want one to hit you when it's falling. Not the, not the heavy end anyway, because, yeah, it's got some spikes. Yeah, and it's, it's really weighty. Spiky. It's yeah. very unfriendly. The mm. neko
0: is not like this. It was that the leaves were actually used for thatching. Right, Yep. Yeah, so original and, you know. Um,
1: Ready to go thatch material.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's how they thatched the roofs. It was very warm yeah. to the thatching yep. and long-lasting. Yeah, so there's your Maori architecture in action there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the people who first arrived here must have been a bit shocked by how cold it was, but they adapted.
0: <laughs> yeah, adapted, all right, and and have thrived. thrived. Now you said
1: you said that um, the nico is is one of two palms in this country that are endemic to Aotearoa. What's the other one? Um, I mean, I'm I can't visualize anything.
0: Well, I'm thinking of the mamaku, which is a palm like the mamaku. Well, that you have the punga and the mamaku. Also, uh, oh, yeah. of that you know, and they're quite magnificent um, palms as well, you know. But have yeah. different qualities and different presence in a forest. The mamaku, of course, is the tallest palm. That does we it have.
1: look like the ponga?
0: Does it, does the mamaku look like the ponga?
1: What does I'm trying,
0: to um, a a ref- is, I'm trying to get a reference got point? More um, dark, dark black. That's, okay, it's, it, 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 it's similar. Yes, it is similar it's more oh, no I shouldn't say more magnificent <laughs> in your opinion in my opinion
1: there's probably people out there going, come on Aaron it's growing all around town, but I can't visualize it so <laughs> i I, I just don't I don't know
0: yeah, yeah, it's a little bit um it has uh, fronds when it has fronds, it's quite too too dark fronds that come out of the middle quite large depending on the size of the mamaku of course but it doesn't actually give up give fronds until it's a lot older too it's more established
1: yeah yeah mm. now the other thing you want i stopped writing down the the second bit you you were talking about here because we i got sidetracked off the by the use of the word tutu yeah and i, and I asked is the word the way we say tutu in in our <laughs> conventional culture is that from Māori? and you said yes it is <laughs> and I, we didn't even i didn't even that's not one of those ones I was conscious of. We just use it because everyone else uses it.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great word. Mm. It's re- mm. it's a friendly way of saying, "Gosh, you really are inquisitive," or also can be used as a as a tutu, uh, someone who's who keeps on pursuing to invest uh, to look at something, or or you know they they just um, have to know. Yeah, have to keep on, you know, a, a young person or an older person, but uh, with a young person it's, gosh, they're a tutu, aren't they? You know, they have have to um, uh, look further and, and very inquiring and inquisitive.
1: They have to tutu with everything. They
0: have to tutu with everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a great, but it's no reference to…
1: What we're talking uh, about next. No,
0: which is tut, uh, tu pākehi. And I have its botanical name. Which is Coriaria arborea uh so it that's its botanical name i I know it as tupakehi It's often seen along waterways, and it's right on the waterways, and it's, it's you know each of these plants have their own features, um more like a vine,
1: okay. Yeah, it yeah. it's no other name that anyone would know it by.
0: <laughs> Most well, it's known in the farming community because they literally um, they like to get rid of it because it's very poisonous for the in agriculture. It's oh, okay. considered very poisonous for, for the, the for their herds. Yeah, yeah so yeah. so you you won't see it, but that's because they've they've taken it out. So
1: if it's poisonous. Does that mean in low doses it has medicinal qualities? Oh. Is, that where, is that where we're going with this?
0: <laughs> so it's it's generally been used externally.
1: Okay, right, so you don't take it. All right, folks, just remember that. Don't take this. No, that no, what I no. Just said.
0: Tupakehi. It's used externally to treat wounds. Uh, the bark, the bark from the tupakehi is used to reduce inflammation and for broken bones. It's also used to treat malignant growths, okay. as well as for cuts, burns and ulcers. Um, one of the things that tutu has in the leaves is it's got a very, uh, a dye. It's a, a red-brown dye that was used to stain the skin ready for tamako. Okay. So it's got a really strong dye in it. Um, there's a, the leaves were boiled, or the tutu, Um, Until they turned black Obviously the dye was coming out But it had medicinal properties as well It was used as a poultice on bruises and flesh wounds And I just uh, read this really interesting little story That it was used on a horse that had a a severe wound That was about a metre long and seven metres deep
1: Seven metres deep?
0: Yeah, seven Mm. centimetres. Right. (laughs) That's a very big horse. (laughs) It was about, yeah, it had scraped itself on the side of a a gate. Mm. And they used an infusion of the tutu leaves and bathed the wound. And each day they took the scab off and they, um, they bathed the wound. And the shallow part healed within a week. And the deeper part of the horse wound with up to a month. Um, it healed completely. healed, so in there's 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 a really really wonderful story, used um, how it was used for for an animal, um, in particular the horse. I have that I have that um, year.
1: What is it? What is it doing?
0: What at, is it doing at a
1: biological level?
0: Oh, well, speeding uh, um,
1: up speeding up the healing process.
0: Yes, yes. Well, it's drawing out the uh, the the bad bad things, or you know, the 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 pus and things within the wound, and, right. and pulling it out of the out of the wound. Right. Yeah, Keeping yeah. it clean. Cleaning cleaning the blood, mm. cleaning the blood, the flesh, enabling the the flesh to do its work, and the blood also to. Refresh, renew the area so that it has um, has the ability to to weave together, you know, all those fibres that make up the the flesh, mm. and heal them completely. Yeah.
1: So where was that story from?
0: Oh, that that comes from a really beautiful uh, book that was written by a um, taken from some notes. Uh, it's a called Maori medicine, and he lived in the far north. And as part of his practice, he wrote many notes, E.H. Uh, e. Williams. Was yeah. this
1: some time ago? Yeah,
0: yeah, 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 in the early 1900s up in Kaikohe and then also further north. He was a, a, a general practitioner and he made extensive notes on what he learned from the local uh, iwi. mm
1: I sometimes wonder if, um, if a drug company or someone like some entity like that hears about something like that and, and gets the plant and tries to discover what the ingredients are and, and make oh, use of them.
0: Yeah, no, we have we have also got the what is um, the medicinal properties, what those yeah. pharmaceutical names are within that in um, Tutu, in Tupakehi, here, Tutin is very poisonous. Is a poisonous part too which was used in um, shock treatment. Oh,
1: yeah. Electroshock treatment.
0: I don't know. It, I, I didn't investigate further. but called that's called
1: shock treatment.
0: Yeah, and that was a fact. It was actually an ingredient. So, but yes, there are those. Um, they're known what those actual specific uh, properties are within the plant of many of these, quite a number of native plants and how they were used or how they've been um, explored, scientific, I guess, in Western science. Yeah. And it really just confirms what was already happening. Yeah. Uh, n- not that we used it for shock, shock treatment. Not as far as I know.
1: <laughs> that wasn't traditional use. No. No. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Hey, folks, we've been talking to Ngāranoa Renata. And we were talking about elders in Rangatira earlier and now a bit of medicine from the nico palm and uh the latest plant which of course the name full name I haven't quite remembered yet cuz I didn't write it down
0: oh the tupakehe Tupakehi. tupakihi
1: yeah but you call it tutu
0: tutu tutu or tut
1: right it's kind of the common
0: and a farmer will hear that word and probably go no <laughs>
1: not on my land yeah 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 right. pretty much yeah cuz bad for the animals yeah,
0: yeah yeah But it has so much goodness so yeah everything has a place
1: all right, so um, now that uh, the vaccine pass system is gone and things are possibly starting to op- open up, are you doing your um te Reo classes <laughs> yet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is what
1: people want to know.
0: <laughs> I, I will make that de- decision over the next two days. Oh, okay, I, um, right, really and, yeah, soon. Yeah, okay, yes, well, let yes. us
1: know and we'll, we'll let people yeah, know. Yeah, sure,
0: thank you. Yeah. Thank you, it's uh, likely to happen. If I can, um, I can secure the venue here in Faingaroa. Yeah. Then I can run it under the uh, Fraser Education Adult Education program.
1: Okay, mm. right. Mm. I don't know what that is, but that sounds good. Oh,
0: uh, Fraser. Oh, high school. F- Fraser oh, High School okay. oh. as an adult community adult education sector. Okay. Yeah, they've asked me, and I, I'm considering. <laughs> okay.
1: All right. Well, look. Thank you for coming in this morning. And great to have you in the studio again after all this time.